infection specialist, Megan? How do you, how do you prefer? I mean, infection preventionist. Preventionist. Yeah. All right. Well, get busy. <laughs> right. We have what forty yep. forty five cases. Thirty some odd have uh, recovered. One still in the hospital, and uh, Lacrosse Western Wisconsin is still in pretty good shape because we are practicing social distance or because we are not a population hotspot like some other cities around the country? Well, I think we tend to see some of the the more larger outbreaks in more metropolitan areas, but that doesn't mean that we're exempt from any sort of outbreak. You know, we're for La Crosse, we're kind of the metropolitan area for the western side of the state. We are the largest city on the side of the state. And there's a lot of people from other counties that come to our city. And so that's kind of, that's where the risk lies for us in terms of an exposure. So I think we're doing really good right now, social distancing, but, you know, the second wave is coming. Do you think so? You think this, you're the first person I've heard say that. I've heard a number of uh, national uh, people talk about the second wave in the United States or on the planet, or every time there's a news story from, uh, from China about, an outbreak here or there, there's an awful lot of people who will immediately say, see, here it comes, get ready, go home, lock the door. And, uh, you know, then that noise kind of quiets down and, and there isn't another big outbreak. Are you, you feel fairly confident that we'll be locked down again at some point in the future? Yeah, so here's the thing about public health. If there is no second wave, it means that we did our jobs right. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. It means that we tamped down the virus. If it, you know, if it comes back, it means we still have some work to do. And, you know, given the, you know, that the fact that we're starting to reopen up now and people are congregating in bars and going outside, this really kind of presents another unique risk for the virus to emerge again or cause a second wave. And then there's the fall that we have to worry about. We know how a lot of these viruses work and that there's a pattern to when they come out and, you know, reemerge and then kind of go away again. And that's what's... That's what we're predicting is going to happen with this virus. We don't, given how it's behaving right now, it doesn't appear like it's going away anytime soon. But it it doesn't, uh, to a lot of people, it doesn't appear to be the uh, world-ending virus that uh, that some uh, uh, really felt was going to take over, that the world was going to be end of days uh, in some parts of on the planet because they don't have the health care uh, support that uh, we do in the United States and other and other first world countries can take care of their people better than than most other. But even there, we we don't see mass death. You know, but this is this is where social dynamics come into play with the virus. You know, it's more than just healthcare access and strength of the economy. It really comes down to social behavior. It can be be part of climate. There's a lot of factors that play into this, many that we won't really truly understand until years later. But while I don't think it's the end of the, you know, this is not the end of the world, this is something that we are going to have to contend with, you know, at least for the next year, if not more, until a vaccine and an effective vaccine becomes available. And this is why, you know, we, people, a lot of people say, well, you know, it's just, it's just a cold, you know, for many it will, but for those where you end up having this serious illness, you end up being hospitalized, your kid develops this multi-inflammatory system disease, 
it's not then just a you know it's not then just a cold and that's where we really have to be mindful that even if I'm mildly ill, it doesn't mean that the person I'm sitting next to on the bus who who gets exposed to me, you know, it doesn't mean that they're not going to get mildly ill that they might actually have a more severe illness. Uh, and that's where again we need to continue to practice mindfulness. One comment from a listener, and then we're gonna then you can respond, and we'll be out of time. Unfortunately, uh, a second wave is coming because we are social distancing. What we should have done was isolate the vulnerable and kept a normal lifestyle, including keeping schools open. So there are plenty of people. Yeah, go ahead. Your your response. Oh, my response, though, is that many of us are asymptomatic or we think we just have a cold, and so we'll continue to go out and about. And so it's really challenging to say, okay, only the vulnerable can still sh- can, should isolate, because who is, the, who is the vulnerable? We now know it's no longer the elderly. It's no longer those with severely com- compromised immune systems. It could be your healthy 40-year-old who, who now is suddenly on a ventilator for no for you know, for no other reason other than it was just poor luck. Yeah. And that's that's why we can't just isolate the vulnerable. Megan, thank you very much for talking with us this morning. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you fully understand how health officials have to deal with the the big picture while you are an expert on this little small picture. Uh, Megan, thanks. I hope, <laughs> I hope you are uh, happy and healthy and not locked down forever. At least I know where you are, so when I call... You have to answer because I know you're home. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Megan Meller, she is, uh, and really, I'm so glad that uh, we're able to speak with her because speaking clearly and using small words, understandable words, and hopefully you'll understand that that, uh, it won't work to simply uh, isolate the vulnerable and, and but keep schools open aren't the vulnerable kids uh, these days it seems they are